Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again is the Senior Editor and the Commissioner, Jude Seymour, as well as the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, what's up? Hey, I just, uh, I wanted to start off by uh, praising the um, the sideline interviews during the uh, the Blue Gold game. I, I really learned a lot from um, from the from the battery pack dying every uh, half second so that we got interviews like... Uh, uh, was it the battery pack or was it the, uh, the win? <laughs> Quarterback. <laughs> oh my God, I talk about having some really interesting people to talk to and then not hearing a single word that they say. Holy cow. Yeah. Maybe it was, yeah. maybe it's the win, but it was, it was weird too. Cause like, I didn't know if Tony Simeone was like just pretending like he heard the interview or he could hear it and no one, none of us could hear it because yeah, he, he, was, like, he was definitely passing he off. Like, there was only one time that he was like, okay, well we're going to try that again or whatever. And it's like, no, we, <laughs> bro, we haven't heard of, we haven't heard of a single one in the last four of these. I mean, the Peacock app, it's winning hearts and minds everywhere. And you had to pay for it too, right? It wasn't a free deal? I, I had wasn't a pay Peacock privilege? Room? I don't know. You know, um, yeah, my, wife, so, my wife stuck with Peacock after the uh, the great Peacock experiment. So I we have been paying for it. So. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what's uh, – well, it's kind of scandalous. So I had put on the, on the how to watch um, uh, story up on the site you know, for the game thread – I put down Peacock Premium, and I get I got some backlash saying no 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 this is f- 
free, I emailed them or whatever, and they said it's on on regular Peacock. And then they've come, you know, comes the game finds out they got hit with the no, it's fucking premium. So then they come back in the comments and like, I got lied to. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is this is the premium gets, bro. I mean, if somebody paid four dollars and ninety nine cents to sleep through that one, I mean, that's a that's not a that's not a bad one. I I'm reminded again. Uh, I had it in the background today while I was well working on some stuff today about how I always get so excited about these blue gold games and how they are just not that fun to watch. They're just not at that all. fun to watch. And I'm not saying actually, I'm very curious about Brennan's uh, input because I know Brennan actually attended the game. I think I would say something different if I attended the game because it looked like a beautiful uh, spring day. And then obviously, you know, as, as Wes used to say, a beautiful opportunity to take your kids out for yes. a price that's, yeah. that's right. Um, and so I think the spring game has value uh, to me and to families. But uh, to watch it on television, oh, oof. I mean, yeah, even when I've been in the in the press box for spring games, it's an awful experience. It is just is. It's so terrible. The only good experience for a spring game is live and on a good weather day, which that one was. Uh, and that was with some pretty poor football. I I was at home. I, w- I had the Peacock app on my phone, my earbuds in, and I was about 10 feet up in the air on a ladder with a chainsaw. Uh, <laughs> taking care of business. That's how I took it in. Uh, live, anyway. So, I mean, it was just like I, I tried to sit in my doom and gloom office, and I was like, man, I got to get some shit done. I'm not going to let the free game stop me. There would be plenty of time to rewatch the replay 100 times over. Uh, yeah, it just it was not a good not a good watch this year. But, Brendan, tell, you got anything from, uh, from the game itself, from your being live in the living color? Yeah. Um, so, missed kick because uh, the kids wanted popcorn. Uh, miss opening kickoff. And I guess that was funny because Christy said that he, uh, Charlie Brown himself. Yeah. That first kid, that first attempt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, uh, I took in the entirety of the first half. And then after that, the kids were melted in the 88 degree weather. Uh, there was a slight breeze. I know they said it was going to be, uh, windy, but Did it really uh, get up to 88. Holy cow. It was in the sun. It was hot. That's what, uh, okay. That's what our car said, especially coming off of all the it. weather we had. It just feels even hotter. Oh yeah. It was, uh, it was toasty. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was really nothing to take away from seeing it live in person. Um, you know, Mark, <laughs> Marcus Freeman's like standing back there, uh, lurking, um, you know, 15 penalty flags in the first uh, the first quarter was great, great fun for the kids. We were, we were glad that <laughs> we got to even see a touchdown, uh, which occurred like right across from us. And the kids were really hyped about it. It was their first game. Ten dollars a ticket. You got to sit anywhere you wanted. People were just like moving in and out. Um, the crowd was pretty fluid. A uh, lot of kids, a lot of kids. There was a uh, infant child behind us in a baby carrier they uh the, the poor dad didn't make it through the the first quarter before he was gone yeah uh, but i can imagine highly recommend if you have youngins to bring them out to the blue goal game for their inaugural experience both kids really liked it but 
I don't, they definitely could not have lasted a full game. And I wasn't stressed that, you know, my youngest Sam, uh, he's five and he's like bouncing around in the second quarter. And I'm not stressed about it because I know that I don't need to watch every single true pine incompletion or miss. <laughs> he didn't miss, throw that many. <laughs> missed. Uh, it felt like that in the first. <laughs> oh, well, cause there was God. three interceptions up out. Yeah, there were. Oh, there was, were. there should have been more interceptions too. They, it bounced off of, uh, Bounced off hands. Uh, it was it was it was a rough. Yeah, Ramon Henderson had a sure one that he bobbled, but oh well. I mean, the, the my biggest question about Drew Pine is is honestly, how big are his balls to really be the only player to gut it out throughout the game, and he didn't have a six pack, nor is he an offensive tackle. <laughs> with the belly shirt. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and, I kept, and, and opposite of that, I know Jordan Patello's from, from, uh, you know, got the hoodie, the, yeah, the hoodie. And it looks so bad. Cause the hoodie was long. And so it looks like a peewee, like, yeah, like pop order. Oh God. That annoyed me so bad. I, I thought I was going to go into the, into the photos, uh, in our photo editor and find like five or six players that were, that were bellying it up. So I was going to do a post that was like, you know, the best belly shots of the blue goal game, yada, yada, yada. Fucking Drew Pine is it, man. He is the lone, <laughs> he's the lone ranger out there uh, just flaunting that belly button. Yeah. And people said he doesn't have moxie. How much moxie you got tossing that? Oh, he's got moxie. Yeah, that's moxie, man. Moxie for days. Uh, yeah, we're going to get, we'll get into the blue goal game. We'll get into all that good stuff here real soon. Uh, but before I move on, we do need to get to uh, some reviews. Uh, just a reminder, everyone, get on over to Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating. Please re review. Uh, please go to your mom's phone and download the show. All that good <laughs> stuff. Uh, any review that you leave, we will read on the next OFT podcast. And as always, we, we are begging you, not, not just to go grab your ex-girlfriend's phone and download the show, but to also... Give us five stars. Just, just do it, right, Brendan? That's that's the that's the plan, right? Uh, I mean, steal, steal, and um, uh, download. Yeah, steal, download, enhance. Steal, download, enhance. So, just a just you know, just a special request from us to you. Uh, so I got a couple of reviews here tonight. Uh, the first one here is from P Cock question mark. Oh, says changed my mind. Get and gave us four stars. Okay. He says wrote a bad review a while ago, but I tried it again. Not sure why, but it had been a minute, so I'm changing it to a four star. So I'm not sure what his ranking was beforehand, but the four star was an improvement. <laughs> so maybe in a couple of weeks he could bump that back up to a five star. I don't know. Let's try to earn it. Let's earn it. Let's let's Julian love this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. Peacock question mark. Uh, the next one here from the real coconut. Five stars. Free Monera. Free him. Thanks to y'all bringing bringing up AP Bio a lot. I finally watched it. Pretty darn good. Sad it is not being renewed for more seasons, but it was losing me a bit during the season four. Why don't you all do shows over like a YouTube live stream of all the NDFB 
podcasts and all the lands. I feel like OFD is best suited for that format. Crack your beverages and let us crack them with you. And then Aiden, a show going off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I've been guys, stalking the minute. You guys want to hang What's with that? us on uh, at, at ten twenty one on a Tuesday night? Uh, okay. Hey, how about when we do? How about when we do this on a Friday night? Because we're just fucking living that jet lifestyle uh, as three dads. <laughs> uh, since I've been stalking the Michigan twenty four seven site since we've been eating their lunch and taking their chore money and recruiting. It is very good for my mental well-being. Well-being. Fuck Michigan. That's been an like, Olympic sport these days. That's by been the way. fun lately. That watching the Michigan posters, who any poster on any message board or Notre Dame blog, we're all a bunch of fanboys, right? Most of us are. There's just it's it's very hardcore. I'd say ninety percent is very hardcore fanboy. Michigan's very hardcore. Uh. They're they're in a rut, guys. Like someone needs to call them and, and check up on them, because uh, they are just relinquishing these losses and just kind of de- like dealing with it in a really sad way. Like they're not lashing out; they're just like taking their ass whooping and like going home. No, they're just accepting of it. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think that it's it for them. I don't think it's going to get to the USC what 2020 recruiting class level for Michigan. But I just think that it's going to be a bunch of sad fails uh, where USC finished 63rd. (laughs) But I just think Michigan's going to end up with a bunch of sad fails and try hard three stars. Um, It's Iowa. It's, it's kind of Iowa. They have six kids uh, right now uh, committed to their class, two, four stars. And, um, Four, four, three stars. And one of them is a running back, a four star running back from Dexter, Michigan. He lives like 15 minutes from me. Um, I should probably go watch him play. And then I can uh, shit on him this fall. (laughs) I'm not going to shit on a high school kid. (laughs) But he is from a rival school, so uh, maybe I will. Oh, no, absolutely. They're they're free game if they're from a rival school. Yeah, it's a rival school. I don't care if they're 14. There are there are school districts uh, biggest rivals so yeah just just uh, uh one quick note here uh, Hicksville like what like you know, in these small rural areas right like each town has their high school and you kind of have you, you kind of the biggest rival thing moves about you know like it, maybe for like a eight year stretch it's just this school town maybe it's that one. But one that stuck around has been Hicksville's was Ayersville because it was a, it's a bigger, a little bit bigger school. Their head coach that was there for like 40 years, his brother-in-law would like worked HR and GM in Detroit. So there's always talks about him transferring pe- <laughs> people with good football players from Detroit down into <laughs> the schools. Anyways, it, it's a battle and a losing one that Hicksville had for years, like it did not have a great record. There was a game a while back ago, and I bring this up because we talk about, you know, talking shit to high school kids. What I witnessed <laughs> when Hicksville, like, I made it in 2004, 2005, just beat the dog shit out of Ayersville. Beat the dog shit out of them. And I'm pretty happy. Everybody's pretty happy. Like, we just beat the shit out of Ayersville. This is great. We're feeling good about ourselves. But as the Ayersville's coming off the, off the field and going into their locker room, you just have, like, and these guys were all 
you know, in classes ahead of me, like probably four, you know, three, four, five years older, just talking shit to these kids because they spent their high school years getting their asses hit to my ears, Phil. <laughs> they did the turnaround. It was just like, get fucking used to it. <laughs> just the whole, <laughs> a lot of that. And I, dude, I just could not stop laughing like three days straight. Anytime I thought of that, that, it, that whole scene, I just busted out laughing because, I mean, we're literally talking about 30-year-olds yelling at these 16, 17-year-olds to get fucking used to it uh, as a joy for, for winning. So anyways, I just that I had to get that off my chest, thinking about that right away. <laughs> I, I'll take it into consideration for the Dexter-Chelsea game this year. Do it. I want to see a Brendan get fucking used to it uh, <laughs> when you play Chelsea. Get well, fucking well, well, Getting used to a Cole Cabana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, guys, let's. Where do we want to start with the spring game? And I, I don't think there's anywhere. I don't think there's anywhere we can begin other than like, you know, the kickoff. The, the ending. <laughs> oh, so I, I guess I will put in the, the annual caveat that I've, that we've said, and I've heard other podcasts say, which is like, let's not get too nutty with our, uh, you know, the hot takes coming out of the spring game. I mean, there was definitely an opportunity for Drew Pine to, to distinguish himself. And I don't think he did, but having said that, I don't think that anybody who's calling for Steve Angeli to be the number two quarterback knows what the hell they're talking about. But that's so. exactly what the spring game did, Jude. The first, when Buck, Buckner's first negative play in Columbus, the name that's going to come off everybody's lips is Angeli. automatically now is Angeli. Automatically now. Now, not to say that's a bad thing because it's not like this is terrible. Not, not like, <laughs> not like, well, it's not like Freeman's got the megaphone up in the air, like, oh, the fans after and this oh, uh, negative one yard run, I'm going to bench I, I, I can really make it out. Yeah. I think they're, they're chanting Angeli, Angeli. But I mean, this spring game literally did that. It did that. Yeah, but those people aren't to be taken seriously. No, no, no. But it, I mean, I look, I listened to uh, Mike Singer uh, after the blue gold game, right? He's like, I don't think there's a guy higher on Steve Angeli than Mike Singer out of the out of the beat or whatever. Right. And even he was like, yo, calm down. Right. Like he called him a t- he called him a taller Drew Pine, which I thought was really funny, but um, but also not inaccurate. Right. And so I think he, I think he, as well as anyone else, understands what Steve Angeli's skill set is and what you did against guys in the last, you know, three minutes of a of a blue gold game where you're up against the, you know, the, the walk ons of the world doesn't exactly mean you're you're ready to take on, uh, you know, 100,000 screaming fans in Columbus if 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 a Tyler Buckner can't go for for a series. Right. Or to go lead a so. or go lead a touchdown drive against uh, one of the better defenses of the country, like Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, not- now you can you can argue you can also argue that Drew Pine is not ready. And some of the stuff that we saw from Drew Pine, frankly, is a bit concerning for, for a guy who is, you know, in the, what junior year now. Yep. So, hey, yeah. And he's one play away. And yeah. what what was the whole m- mantra from both Freeman and Reed? Oh, don't turn it over. And. Dupine went out there and didn't do that thing. Um, he did not take care of the football, and he did turn it over. So that's that's pretty concerning um, for me when when what you're 
coaches said that they need to see all spring um, for him, especially that's, that doesn't bode well. Um, I don't know if there was, like you'd said, this wasn't the real, this wasn't the real spring game, right? The real one was that 102 or 104 plays right. from a few weekends ago, but um, any scrimmage, you don't want to go out there and turn the ball over like that when that's been the emphasis of the coaching staff. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was I, it was it was weird because it, it felt like it, it, he was it, it, he was kind of too loose and not loose enough, which was which was weird because he was you know I heard some people say well he really needed to just let it rip, like I feel like he did let it rip and that was sort of the problem. Um, I felt like there was a lot of ripping that was like <laughs> questionable in terms of the in terms of the reads and in terms of the placement of the throws. Um, I remember one that he that he uh, threw to uh, to Braden Lindsay and got real, real play, praised pretty well in the podcast or on the uh, broadcast for it. But Lindsay was like falling down and it basically like <laughs> I don't know it hit him in the chest as Lindsay was on the ground or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, I suppose he dropped it in the right place, but um, it's kind of back shouldery. Yeah, it was like, like it was very much like that could have easily been an incomplete pass too. Um, so I guess my, I mean, my take on the I just. I mean, pretty simple with the whole entire offensive showing, whether it's blue, gold, it didn't really matter. You know, you have a, a jumbled up offensive line that is never going to play that set of that grouping in a season. You had uh, you had your walk on wide receivers out there. Yeah, I mean, it just it none of it spelled cohesion or that they worked on this throughout spring. I mean, it's it's all just like go out there and play, but you're missing like each side's missing. Like quite, there's a big difference in what that guy would be. Otherwise if it was the one T. I mean, it was just, it really wasn't pretty. And so, I mean, I just, I didn't, there wasn't a whole lot to take out of like in a group way, individuals, like some individuals you could take. Dion Colsey was one that was kind of disappointing. I liked, I like Greg today on Twitter pointing out like, Hey, look, you know, there was something good here and really pointed out something that he did good. He dropped the ball, but like his positioning, where he was at, like catch the ball and he's fine. Um, there's just, there, there's some things to pick out there. Um, but I, it just, it, it was such a fucking mess. Like it, it shouldn't, it, it's, it's sad that this is where we're at, where this is the thing that everyone gets to see. And now that's what everyone's going to have on their mind throughout the off season, um, you know, leading into fall camp. I mean, it's not like it matters because it does not, but this is going to be, this is going to be part of the conversation everywhere uh, about, you know, half of what these guys did in the spring game, even like a, even like a good performance, maybe exaggerated, like, like a Jordan Botello, right? Gets before the game. You would ask me about Jordan Botello. I, I don't know if I would say he's transfer portal, Candidate, but maybe because he was kind of like a he felt like a guy without a home and they were trying to like somehow find a spot for him. Now they did that and he had a good play there, but it was a shit throw. You know, and it was right to him, he gets it and takes off. But I mean it's like, does that change did that change my look at Jordan Batello about who he is? Like last year we literally loved Jordan Batello because he's so tough and rough, right? Like we like he's just such a fucking ass kicker, we'll find something for him to do. And that never really happened last year during the season. And then you kind of figure you 
see the way he's moved around. And it's like, all right, well, where does he play at? And it's like, well, you got this. You really want him? I mean, the Viper, we got Foskey, right? And then we got, you know, Justin Abmiola can move over and play Viper. I mean, it just there's just all these different other roles. So, But he's getting praised for a good spring game, which is fine. But I'm not really looking at it like it's too heavy, right? Like, I'm not expecting Jordan Batello. I'm still not expecting Jordan Batello to be like a major defensive contributor this year. I'm just not. I mean, change my mind in fall camp, please. But for right now, I'm just I'm I'm still on the I'm still on the still on the edge on that one. I mean, if he's on the roster five days from now, he'll be there next season. Yes, yeah, and I I I expect Batello to stick around. But I mean, that's you made a, a that's a great point though, right there though, Brendan. There's going to be. I, mean, I hope everyone's be- ready. There's going to be yeah. like five six. Right, I mean, we're already like one over. I thought we were uh, one under. Are, are we no, at eighty four? No. I thought I just published it the other day. Uh, at any rate, we're pretty close. Not that it matters much because there's going to be attrition, but we also are scoping the portal for what's going in there to get to grab some more guys. I mean, whether it's two more wide receivers, uh, maybe there's another. I mean, there's other things maybe that. Other guys maybe they like and they like to bring in. Um, I don't know. So there's going to be some number. There's going to be some some movement coming up for sure. Just get ready for it. <laughs> uh, it always happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so uh, outside anybody, of the troop. Yeah. Does anybody flash for you? I mean, I I said two two names. Right, Jadarian Price definitely flashed because how does how does he not on that on that screen pass? It was too good, um, and I thought, you know, I liked it. I liked the way Estime ran. I thought he would have had a little bit more production. Uh, Jaden Thomas looks yeah. very he looks sm- he's smoother and faster than I gave him credit for. Um, so that's encouraging. They were very hype about Junior Talia Ma- Tal- <sighs> Talia It's Tua. It's no, no, no. It's no. Tua Halamaka. Tua Halamaka. Thank you. Tua Halamaka. Uh, Junior Tua Halamaka on the broadcast. So I was actually I was struggling with um, with pronunciations because they were saying uh, Aaron Taylor was it Aaron Taylor. Uh, no, it wasn't no, Aaron Ryan Harris. Ryan Harris, sorry. <laughs> it's got my offensive lineman to play for Notre Dame <laughs> mixed up. Um, oh, high stand? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he said high stand, and he said, um, this is the second time I've heard somebody say estime, right? For estime? You know, Notre Dame hands out pronunciation forms. Mm. Yeah. And not only that, but Ryan Harris is the color man on, MB- on the – Radio radio. call. Yeah, I feel like you should know that, right? I think that he should have known that. Yeah, I mean, and do you think that maybe he's met Harry a few times, being um, having played the position at Notre Dame? Maybe. Yeah, just a couple. I I don't know. Maybe maybe Ryan just wanted to troll everybody. (laughs) It is a spring game, and and also just don't discount the fact that Notre Dame has a tradition, long uh, a long tradition. Of changing people's last names and then just living with it. That's, 
I mean, you, you laugh, but there were some changes that got made. I remember um, that they, they tried to sneak in new, pronunci- new pronunciations of uh, Tonga Vailoa, right? At, at some point, they, they changed the way that uh, where, where the emphasis was. But I, looked, I just looked it up. It says e, at capital E-S hyphen T-I-M hyphen capital M-A-Y. I would pronounce that at estime. I would, too. So that I don't, I don't know where. Estime? Yeah, estime, or whatever he was saying was coming from. So, <laughs> so I mean, those guys on offense flashed out. I, <clears throat> I thought it was kind of hard. The offensive line was kind of hard to judge because, again, like kind of where they were, um, like the help next to him and all that yeah. was a little different. There's no blitzing. Josh um, Lug. Josh yeah, I was about to say Josh Lug. Uh, Did Josh Lug I, things? Yeah, he needs some. He needs some coaching. Um, as a six-year guy, uh, you know, a lot of people go to college for uh, eight years. Yeah, they're called doctors. <laughs> <laughs> or sell Callahan Auto Parts. Um. So yeah, I mean, so those guys offensively flashed. Uh, defensively, I think Jaden Mickey looked really nice out there. Um, just like on a, on an athletic level, speed level. Uh, I, I liked, I liked that a lot. Um, I flash in a bad way, but like totally expected. And the same thing we've been seeing for years, uh, Houston Griffith doing absolutely nothing. You know, oh, I'm he not, wanted, he wanted no part of the yeah, you know, not, smoke. Uh, although I'm really not, spring game. <laughs> yeah, I'm really not the guy to like, to drag players on this podcast. It's just not what I like to do, but we're talking about the transfer portal. I don't see how Houston Griffith is on this roster come May 1st. He just, there's no will there. There's, he does. He had, he had a zero stat line and it's like, all of it looks the exact same as what it's been for the last two years. He shies away from contact. He, he backpedals when he should be attacking. It's just, it's not good looking at all, man. It is, and there, there's guys behind, I say behind him. I mean, behind him in, um, in years, you know that I would trust them more. I would, you know, out there in the field than Houston right now. It's just like he's just taking up a space. It's. It's just, that's just a bad situation. They got to figure that one out because if they're going to have him on the team, I don't know what you do with him because he doesn't he doesn't provide you much. I, it wasn't I, pretty. No, so, I have I have no arguments with that at all. Jaden Mickey stood out for me from the defense. Um, who else got after? I, I like Jordan Botello. Uh, Trying to blitz, even though blitzing wasn't allowed. <laughs> Big fan I mean, I, I love the thought. I love the thought. I, I love the thought. Uh, Michael Mayer on offense. Uh, I, I can't believe they played him as much as they did, to be honest with you. But that was cool. Well, they they needed something, right? Yeah, they didn't start giving him some work until the second, right? I didn't know a whole caught, lot of work I in the. I think he caught the first pass of the game, did he not? I feel like he caught the first pass of the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it really stands that like he kind of disappeared for a while, and then it was really on that last scoring drive um, where he came back at the end of the half. 
I didn't Connor Radigan end up with more yards than yeah. Well, the Michael Connor Radigan was he he was the guy who was the recipient of the the most wide open pass of the game, right? Isn't that <laughs> didn't Angeli hit him and all of a sudden there was like just nobody within like fifteen yards of him? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Hey, he's got he's got so he's got some good love heading into the uh, inside the ground po- podcast. Um, who was it that kept uh, spearing dudes? And they were <laughs> it was funny because they were the first the first hit. Um, Harris was sitting there going, "Oh, what a great hit!" And then they did the replay. He's like, "Oh, that that might be targeting." And then he actually got called for targeting on a play that he really I don't think really was targeting. Oh no, that that was I th- uh, Ryan Barnes. Ryan Barnes, yeah. I was and, say James and, Tucker, but I knew that wasn't right. I don't so. know what Harris is thinking. Like, oh, that's not targeting. The fucking eight that was leading with your head, crown of the helmet, two helmet. There's yeah. no game. There's no game played unless it's 2000 and fucking 16 Texas, where that's not called targeting, especially us who get. Who just but the one, get the, the one he actually got called by the rest for targeting was a, was more a shoulder play. Like the guy got stood up by two other dudes, and then he just he dropped a shoulder on the dude. But he got called for, call for targeting. So the play he actually targeted, what he didn't get right, called for targeting. Right. right. But the play that that I don't think was targeting, he actually got called. So it was almost like almost like a makeup call. It was weird. Yeah. So Ryan Barnes has got. I mean, I guess that. I, I'm glad you brought that up, dude. That's that's a little spicy, right? Like he's. Yeah. That's a guy. That's a guy with a little bit of uh, toed, uh back there in the defensive backfield, and I don't mind that. I stand that. Um, you know, just a little bit of uh, you know, the physical nature of of it all was was nice to see. I mean, I would like to have seen more from you know our starting corners. Yeah, I mean, obviously it came, came hard out, but I would, I would like to have seen a little bit more. I would like to have seen a little bit more out of a performance out of Bracy. Um, but I mean, overall, I thought the defense pick a side blue or gold uh, that I, I the defenses looked pretty good. They put themselves in, you know, pretty good positions. There's some solid tackling. It was physical um, outside of, you know, Houston Griffith wanting nothing to do with Zeke Corral, who, who, I, who, I mean, to, it was like a freight train to the credit. Zeke Corral probably has never ran that fast before in his life. <laughs> he was fucking Modocking, man. Um, so, I mean, that is a little rough to see, but uh, yeah, I thought the defenses got after it. Um, I don't know, man. It's just, um, I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention who, who, uh, who won this football game. Was it blue or was it gold? You know, I call bullshit. Is what I call <laughs> right. Right. Brendan. I call bullshit. I call bullshit like, because, because there should have been no time left on the clock. They left time on that clock. This is fucking little giants all over again. Wow. This is, this is here's the thing. Cry- this is more crying than I thought was going to happen. Here. Here's the thing though. It's even, even, even if we didn't get little giants, Josh, dude still would have won on the spread. Cause it would have been a three point. I think we said it like four, Eight. three, three and, and a half. half. Yeah. 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 We were, we were yeah. definitely, we definitely higher than that. So, so look, so yeah, Jude Jude won the won this won this battle. Uh, the war is still ongoing, but I do want to ask you guys this: without that without that play to talk about, save the spring game. How, I say, how bad was the spring game? Oh, so like, 
like without that one play to kind of like as a saving grace, if you will, your third string quarterback against the third string, third string defense to get a pylon toucher to, to win it. How bad was this thing? My kids go home. We drive back to, we drive back to Michigan having not seen a touchdown. If it wasn't for a Notre Dame fullback coming through in the clutch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the saving grace, right? You get Yadashek in the end zone. It's just, that's your only touchdown in the first half. The kicking game was not great. Um, right. So it's not even like, yeah, they're one out of four, one out of four on the field goals. I think it just, yeah. So I, I don't know. I I'm glad that the defense looks good. I don't take anything away from the offense because almost everything about the offense is dependent on the offensive line, unless it's a spring game like USC's where the defense is optional because you have, um, you know, Greenwich is your DC. Um, yeah, it just if if you don't have a cohesive offensive line, I'm not understanding how you're supposed to find any success at all ever playing offense in one of these situations. Yeah, yeah, even with the talent that they have in the offensive line, when you when you start when you move them around like that, it's just such a it's a different world for them out there to block. I mean, I think this does speak a lot to the defense being, you know, deeper of the two units, right? Because I mean, they're I mean, they're split up on the on on the defensive side of the football as well, but they're just deeper all the way around, um, you know, with the exception of corner, I guess. But you had some freshmen step up, where it's just it's so stark with that offensive line. No Tyler Buckner. I mean, if you, you throw Tyler Buckner in this game, I think it makes a huge difference. In, I mean, you can add two touchdowns to the board. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's wrong. Because I, I, I think one thing too for Jupine, like his looseness is the fact that's like he throws a pick, right? And then like he's like, eh, fuck it, I'm just trotting out there again. And he's like, <laughs> he throws the pick, and he's just like, you watch him, he's just like walking, walking out to to go play the other position. And it's like, how can you <laughs> be locked in as a player? When like there's no intensity when you're just like right. forever when QB. you're all time QB. Yeah. yeah, when you're all time QB, there's no intensity for it. Yeah, you're the dad pitcher. What I find just what I thought was funny was balls like Todd Jones. Listen, uh, Zom Hall lives on um, <laughs> because uh, Hayden Adams, a contributor for One Foot Down uh, and former Zom Hall resident, you know, came on went on the site and wrote the uh, Drew Pine was set up to fail article, which he has took a ton of shit for, uh, which is very, which is very Zom. I mean, it's the whole thing's very Zom. And, but the problem is, is that they're really, it's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. Like, it's not like they did it on purpose, but it's not like, it's not like Drew Pine was done any favors by the way it was set up. And yes, he needs to play better and he, and all this other stuff. But it's like, he was in a really fucking bad position to be in with the way that, again, the way the offensive line set up, throwing to a bunch of receivers that are never going to be out there together like that. It's just like, it's a a running game that was kind of like so-so because of the line. It was all just kind of like, fuck it, man. Let's just, just get through this Drew Pine. Uh, 
he's probably, you know, Pine's probably due for like a gut punch on Buckner for being out. Like you fucked this up for me completely. Cause he was, he could only lose the fake quarterback battle of sad. No, he could have won it. If he, if he had a clean, if he had a clean stat sheet, no, even a clean, a clean stat sheet. Oh no, no. Oh no, no. I know what you're saying. You're saying how much better would have a look at Buckner was out there. He could never have, yeah, he could never have right. Saturday. Yeah, I misinterpreted that. And so, yeah. but if if Buckner and him went head to head, there was at least there's a competitive thing there that gets added added to it. Plus, it's like you could say I did this better. I mean, it's just it's maybe it's not a big deal, but I mean, as far as like what we're gonna fucking talk about for the next three four months, it it adds up. So no, I thought I thought Hayden's assessment of it wasn't that far off. I loved how he called the he called people the ignorant masses, and everyone took offense by it, like because like he was calling them ignorant. <laughs> but the whole point is like we're all ignorant. Like the coaches are the ones that the point was that the coaches are the yeah. ones that know this and that. We're all ignorant to that. Um, not to defend someone from Zom, and really nobody should ever get in the habit of defending zombies, but. <laughs> I didn't feel that he was out of line in writing all that. Um, anyways, I don't know. Well, I, we wouldn't have to. Uh, we wouldn't be ignorant masses, by the way, if the coaching staff or the program would have decided to have graced us with at least um, some semblance of a uh, practice footage package or a little bit of a media, a uh, little bit of media availability beyond a singular practice. And then another practice where they didn't take any live reps. They had like, what? I love two, it. two live reps. I know you love it. I love it. I love it. I, I know you do. <laughs> and I know, I know a lot of people yeah, I, love it. I know Greg hates it. Like, Greg hates it. He's so bad. It's you, just it's you and Pete Sampson just just love just love it. Well, I mean, listen, I've already spoke my feelings about this. The the beat got like just nothing but like an oral tradition uh, all all spring, and they're just kind of like bombarded with all these interviews, which they're not used to, so they're they're happy while they're not seeing anything else on the field. And I just I chalk it all up to spring football. It's spring football. And I think it's better to be ignorant about what's going on in the spring. I just do. I mean, and to think that we're going to get any anything more in the fall before Ohio State, I no. think you're not. We'll get the. I think we're going to get the. Um, we'll get once they name the quarterback once they name the starter because they're yeah, going to we'll name clips. the starter. Uh, we'll get some some fancy uh, clips of of whoever the starter is throwing bombs and it being caught. I mean, I'm, they didn't go to Culver last year, right? So it's been no, a couple years. Did not. Yeah. I wonder if Freeman who's never, who I get, I mean, he hasn't been to Culver. So I wonder if, if that's, if that's something that gets brought up and they do again, or if that's completely scrapped. That was purely a, a Brian Kelly pet project. Um, I don't know, but like, if they go to Culver, that's kind of like, a time where the beat, even when it's like under under wraps, they get a better look at what's going on, even if it's reportable or not. You know what I mean? It's not like the old school days where the where the coaches walk over to the beat and so stay there all practice and tell them which things they can and can't report on. 
But, you know, there's a few things. Oh, man. Um, uh, you know, I hope Ohio State learned a lot from the 28 screen passes that Tommy Reese put into the offensive game plan. Um, uh, I, I was it was funny because I was doing some as I wanted to right, doing some uh, blue gold game research, including finding out that somehow they kept referring to this one as the 91st game, even though the 90th game was in 2019 and there was a game in 2021. But I digress. Um so some of the older older <laughs> games, the the era, Get them, era dude. Games, um, they would talk about scouts from the first um, two opponents would come to the blue gold game and actually like watch the team play because you know obviously it wasn't televised back then. So they would come and see like what they could learn or whatever. And I was just laughing at the idea that in modern times that you could learn anything from anything that goes on in the blue gold game because um, I was reading an article that said basically that Joe Montana looked like like ass, uh, you know, one of the blue gold games. Um, you know, we obviously know we've, we've said enough about junior jabby on this podcast. Uh, Chris Olson. Yeah. Chris Olson. Just, yeah. I mean the list of, of MVPs that literally, uh, you know, the blue gold game. I mean, yeah, Brady Quinn was an MVP, but, uh, he turned out okay. But then for every Brady Quinn, there's, a, uh, you know, I don't know, Rod bone, <laughs> You know, so um, I was speaking. Speaking of which, I don't think they named MVPs for this for this game, did they? They did not. Okay. Uh, I, I don't, don't think, they, think it would have been. I don't think they named any MVPs during the the Brian Kelly era either. So I think that. Oh no, they no they did. Did they? Um, yeah. Uh, give me a second. I'll, I'll I have it right here. Uh, here we go. Um. Guess they had no. You're you are absolutely correct, Jude. I thought they did it the first year, and they did not. They did not. The, yeah. the last our last MVPs of the Blue Gold Game were Armando Allen and Robert Blanton in 2009. There you go. I thought they did it in 2007. Okay, but Those I mean, there's uh, Clement Stokes was an MVP one year. Uh, actually, these names aren't too too bad. I mean, defensively, you had uh, Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas in 97, okay. How about uh, Travis Thomas? Uh, uh, running back Travis Thomas in 2006. Yeah, right? yeah. With Trevor Laws. I mean, Anthony Denman, Shane Walton, Jerome Sapp, Justin Tuck, Zibby, Trevor Laws, two years run. So Quinn, so Quinn got it in 04 and 05, and yeah. Laws got, got it on the defensive in 05 and 06, which – Again, I I keep I I will say repeatedly on this podcast forever. Trevor Laws is one of the most underrated Notre Dame football players of, of fucking all time. 110 tackles as a defensive tackle uh, in the modern era of football. It's crazy. Yeah, that is insane. Uh, but insane. yeah, it's it's just it's it's a it's an honor with no honor. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask Brendan about was the attendance because the announced attendance was 33,754, which uh, from what I can tell, and I don't have every single year in front of me here, but it looks like maybe the highest attendance since the, since the famed Jimmy Clausen Clausen game. So yeah, the second all time, Brendan, how did it, how did it uh, look filled in? Uh, I mean, it was, it was admirable. Um, I would say there was about as many Notre Dame fans in the blue goal game as there were Cincinnati fans at Notre Dame stadium. Oh, 
<laughs> I know, <No>. but <laughs> I'm, I don't that's think I'm wrong. First no, off, that's not wrong. Brennan and I were there after the game against Cincinnati, yeah. and they all stayed. They stayed. They fucking sang. And they all came that's down, and that's what it looked like, Josh. It, it, it looked like that. The, the bottom bowl was mostly filled in. There was a lot of, like, uh, buffer seats between groups of, like, threes and fours and twos and threes. But the bottom bowl was mostly filled in. Um, Notre Dame has a lot to be proud of with the turnout for the blue gold game. Um, there's a website out. I think it's a Penn state website. I was, I was, cause I was looking it up cause I wanted to dunk on Michigan fans. Cause I guess they had less than 5,000 fans attend their, their game and they refused to release the official numbers. <laughs> oh, and I was no. looking to find, Oh, it's, it's really sad. You can look at the game on the, um, uh, Big Ten Network. It's really sad to see. And this like is a that. team that came off the playoff, and they can't get fans to come to their spring game, and they can't get any kids to sign with their school. But uh, I like but, Oklahoma and USC kind of jabbing, or <laughs> Oklahoma taking a jab at USC. Yeah, <laughs> I think Notre Dame. Notre Dame was in the top ten of springtime attendance, and I think Ohio. It was in line with Ohio State's. I think Ohio State only had like thirty-five. 30, 35, around the same as Notre Dame. So they were in line with what Ohio State did. Which, according um, to a former USC kicker, uh, was more fans than he ever saw at a regular season game at the Coliseum. <laughs> yeah, so I think Notre Dame did really well. I think that it um, – I hope it – I mean, the weather certainly contributed to it. I mean, if you're in the area and you saw that that weather was there, you had, you had to go. But I think Notre Dame should do a uh, better job of – maybe marketing towards uh, having kids. There was a carnival in town and stuff. We didn't go to that, but I don't know. I just think that they should do a better job of selling that aspect of it because it, it was a big recruiting weekend. Right. And I think that the fact that there was a good amount of fans in the stadium, I think that that helps for it. Certainly more than just having like, you know, 5,000 people huddle into one end zone. So the 33 plus thousand would it be about right. would. It, it would. It's that would be third. Uh, the highest ever again is 07, but second highest, uh, 41,000, was 2006. And then you had some years like right around 30, 30, 31. Like 2013 was 31. Um, 2018 was a little over 31. 2019 was 30. So I mean, it's uh, 1981. Faust's first year, they got 35,675. 35. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Notre Dame. The shit that Notre Dame sent us only goes back to '97. But you, goes, I know you my got. My shit fouls. goes back to 1961. Your shit goes deeper, buddy. <laughs> it goes deeper. I can tell you that 5,375 people attended the old 1969 uh, affair, <laughs> and it was rainy. So, so you were how? You weren't there on Friday, correct? Brendan, you guys came down on Saturday? Yeah, we came down Saturday. So they did the shirt unveiling. And my initial reaction was, well, it's not completely terrible. That actually dissipated after a few hours. And I fall back squarely on the, I think this thing sucks again, uh, level. Uh, but it was like, so how many people were wearing it out of the game? Because that's usually like the big... Thing everyone's wearing in inside the game. How how did that come across? I know there was a lot. I know of your entire family shirts. was decked out. We we didn't wow. wear them yet because they were still itchy and you know scratchy. Right. Um, 
but uh, most I would say most people in the stands were wearing either a version of the shirt. My wife was in a version. I, she was in the. Uh, my wife. Moab. She was in. Uh, <laughs> she was in a version of the shirt. I I seriously contemplated wearing Rise and Strike. I did not. I regret not wearing it. Um, but yeah, most people were wearing a a, sh- a version of the shirt. It was very funny. It would it would have been uh, Josh's nightmare to to be surrounded <laughs> by all of these people and just uh, very uh, a cornucopia of. Uh, sh- uh, Carrie's always asked me if, because for years I, you know, I had the shirt. Regard, I, I would blindly buy it, and I had a st- stack of them. She asked me if I wanted a, a blanket or a quilt made out of them, and uh, it was not a good. No, it was not a good response back. I, it was something you really don't, you don't really talk to your wife like that. Like it's a guy like at the bar. Are you fucking kidding? Something like, a, are you fucking kidding me? Kind of a thing. Like that's not a, so that's not a response to your wife. That's a response to a buddy at a bar who's jabbing you about it. Uh, but she wasn't. She was being serious. <laughs> like, no, I don't. I don't want these as a, as a quilt. I don't ever want to see these things again. <laughs> but I'm like, man, are you fucking kidding me? I don't ever want to see these things. And that's what the stadium was. Huh? It was uh, the shirt quilt. You should. You should do it. And then you could uh, you could you could bust it out when you're feeling real sad. Make a wrap, cape out of it. Wrap yourself in it and uh, drown drown in your sorrows. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's they'll never fix. It'll never be right ever. Like I I gave up hope on on that thing a long time. I think so. it's here's the thing. Um, it's the rightest that it has been, um, but I think it was—I believe it was you that said that it, they didn't take any risks. It's it's simpler than it's been in previous years, and it's offensive because it's not memorable, right? Isn't that isn't that what you said? It was just yeah, and I mean, just the color alone is is offensive enough. It's like, going to look it's, terrible. It's going to look terrible on the yeah. students with like a. But you know, it's it's not rise and strike. It's not that two thousand and piss yellow five piss yellow. Well, well no, and that is still better than the the Walmart monstrosity. Oh, the two thousand sixteen shirt. I was going to say oh the Madonna blue the Madonna right, where we played above, the the year we played Duke and our whole rise above ourselves. Like were, yeah. Yeah, the like they were rooting for Duke. Yeah. I and I, I distinctly remember being like insanely critical of that shirt because it's fucking awful. And the biggest clap back I got the most, like when people were like, Oh, you're wrong. I love it. Was that it had, it's because it had a father Ted quote on the back. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, I might as well people think Navy should stay on the schedule. Exactly. I might as well just go put this shit on shirts ourselves and sell it. Because I oh it's a Father Ted quote you gotta have it no it's a terrible thing to have on a T-shirt rise above ourselves and then you go out there and go four and fucking eight it's even more embarrassing like anyone that would it's just it's so bad it's so it looks so terrible uh, and anybody that defended that whoa shit I'm dropping microphone <laughs> anybody that defended that in the past should be ashamed of themselves and really should flog themselves right now. Flog yourself. We do not do self-flagellation. 
Um, I mean, oh, by the way, there's got to be a couple of stay listeners on here, right? I love that the uh, the offensive line wore green. That was cool. That was a good. Nice oh, that touch. was fun. I yeah. it made yeah. me want Notre Dame to wear green more. Yeah, it did. And with white numbers, or <laughs> like, I love that shit. I love that shade of green. By the way, I that, love it. I was gonna say, is that the first time we've ever seen them wear green in the daytime? Yes. Yeah. That that shade. Yeah. Yeah, because that's yeah. what stood out to me was that 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 green really popped in the daytime. So With those, yeah, the the green unis and blue numbers. That's the first time that that uh, was shown in the green. Yeah, in the daytime. Because because before that it was uh, it was Florida State. Florida State. Yeah. So, I mean, I was I guess I was a little disappointed. I thought uh, the nameplates would come out. On Saturday, I, too. Oh, okay. I really, I really thought that that might just happen, because um, I think that's something that should happen come season time. So that that so it's not to say that they won't, but I thought here's as good a time as any to say this is what's happening, uh, and they did not do that. So it's a little disappointed. Um, they also did that kind of newish tradition where they announced the uh, the kickoff times for the 2022 season. At like yeah. basically halftime of the, the the blue gold game, and you know nothing stood out to me. There were a couple of comments that I saw about people saying, um, and I continue to lodge this objection: Why the hell are we playing Stanford at seven thirty at night? Why the hell are we playing Stanford at seven thirty? That's a that's a Brian Kelly thing. Okay, so mean, Marcus, we're in the Marcus yeah. Freeman era. Let's stop playing Stanford at seven thirty at night. <sighs> Who's right. your other one? They're right. going to do two this year at home. So, who, so who's your, your other pick one? Your second one at home. Pick your okay, second. First one. of all, that that's the contract is that they do five over two years, right? So does the, and the do, Shamrock series doesn't count, right? Well, which is funny too because it's an NBC broadcast game, right? Right. So if NBC gets three, then they're getting three this year, right? Did they get well, two last I, year? That's what I'm asking. Like, is is the Shamrock series? Does that count? I don't. I don't know because we we don't have a, we're not privy to the contract. All I've been told is it's been it's a five, it's five over two years. So, but Jude, let's just say that you didn't know that information. Yeah. Trade trade a school. All right, I'm going to give you the home games. Jude, tell me who you want. Marshall, California, <laughs> uh, UNLV, <laughs> UNLV, hey, dude. By the way, Boston uh, Carrie put her foot down about UNLV uh, like two days ago. So now I got to fucking scramble. I was going to take the whole family to UNLV, and she's been pissed about it ever since because she wanted the whole family to go to Clemson. And I'm like, I'm not going to be down. That's just not going to work for me. Well, and you don't <laughs> want to bring the whole family at the beginning of November. I, I very much want to uh... – I want to be there for the Cal game because uh, the Irish Players Club is going to have another tailgate, and Malik Zaire has promised a bounce house. And so, yeah, I think that's I think that's no, where I'm where we're Cal, lying now. The is, Cal is game Cal. is the Jude game. That's the Jude game, right? What's the Jude game? The Cal game. That's you, man. That's your baby. Were you the uh, one that? The, okay. Yeah, because I because I found out about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. you found out yeah. about it. Yeah. Oh, that is the Jude game. That's the Jude. Johnny. Game. Yeah, I'm. Okay, here's a suggestion. Stanford's daytime. Let's make let's make. Uh, I mean, we did it with Florida, a shitty Florida State team. Boston College. Why not them at, at night 
on senior day. Senior day, give give uh, Phil Jerkovic uh, the night treatment. I mean, um, it'll be it's cold. more interesting to me than Stanford right now. Honestly, yeah, I, don't, I just don't think they want to they want to do a cold night game. Well, like they did that. with That's Florida bullshit. State. Right? Then they, did with then they should State. fucking move campus. They should they, fucking move campus. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I I just if if we are about we we haven't mentioned this in in it seems like a couple of months, right, Brendan? Like, if we're all about embracing villainy, then fucking embrace it. Like, yeah, who cares if it's cold? I'm so tired of the fucking of the bending over, and I get they're struggling for attendance and all that. I get it. But win some football games. The attendance for BC would be just fine. If it was at night. There's not. It's not going to be. Mm. You're not going to be big empty. You know, if you're if you've got one loss or you're undefeated going to the BC game, there's not going to be big empty spots in the fucking stadium. I mean, you uh, Stanford is realistically, they might have one win coming into the Notre Dame game, and it's against Colgate. <laughs> They how play, far, how far have have they fallen? Because it's I mean, they, Colgate, USC, at Washington, at Oregon. Oregon State's pretty gamey, and I'm not saying Oregon State's a win. Right, but they're gamey. You're right. That's they're a good, gamey. That's a, good way to, that's a good way to put them. And I think Stanford's dog shit. So, Jude, how I mean, long have I been on this podcast, like preaching and pleading with people to like consider? Please consider Stanford as a as a little R, because you know for a while there was a yeah. there was a nice run of oh the of, the mid R shit the mid tens <laughs> so, the mid the, in it, the teens they were they're definitely it just went completely off the rails it has just gone completely off the rails out there which means as far as we're concerned for Notre Dame's purposes it's completely off the rails there as far as I mean it's even with a trophy. You can't even consider it a little R because it's just so bad. There's not even bad blood because Shaw has just tanked that program so terribly. Their their rivalry status has been relegated to um, the lower league. I mean, they're, they're they're in a relegation, right? We got to figure out a new rival to 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 bump up. It's sort of like I mean, here. the good news is we have Clemson this year, right? So that helps out with the with the scales of the rivalry. Oh yeah. The, the rivalry um, uh, measurements like that helps out in Boston college with the Jerkovic Jerkovic angle. That do, is, yeah. That helps. That's even things interesting. Out yeah. That does help even things out. And North, I'm not one to, I'm not one to shout that BC is a rival, nor am I one to, you know, reprimand someone who looks at him that way, you know, in some way like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you just, if you list Boston college off as a rival, I'll tell you you're a fucking idiot. They're just, they're barely a little R, but it's still there's still enough there, especially with Jerkovic. And I mean, Ryan Palmieri, there's the Ryan Palmieri classic too. <laughs> with, uh, with North Carolina, I just I feel like we've gotten our revenge for them uh, taking that game against Jimmy Clausen. Do you uh, do you guys want to hear a little bit of uh, breaking news? I would love some breaking news. Take it. Um, thanks to a uh, a Twitter friend of ours, the Maddie Penny on uh, on Twitter, a Tennessee resident. I was able to use him to uh, 
solicit Tennessee State for a copy of the game contract. And it turns out the Notre Dame is going to be paying Tennessee State a million dollars to come play that game. And there's a million dollar cancellation if if they uh, if they cancel the game within a year of the game being played. So basically, five hundred thousand dollars. They're in the five hundred thousand dollar window now, and it'll be a million dollars come September, whatever it is, second or third, uh, two thousand twenty-two. Was there so? Was there anything in there that stated broadcasting rights? Uh, yes. Let me look at it real quick. So I'm just I'm I just I mean, got the email. I'll tell you what flowers my wife wants right now. Okay. I'm, t- I'm guaranteeing you this is going to be on NBC. Oh, okay. Yeah, just I don't think it gets that specific. I think it just That's says um, that the the host. Um, let's say uh, TSU knowledge is and agrees that all rights to telecast or distribute. Uh, the game belongs to Notre Dame. Notre Dame shall have the exclusive right to enter in agreements with certain third parties for the telecast or distribution of the game. TSU has no ability to grant TSU any rights for the telecast of the game. Shall have the exclusive right to retain all revenues derived from the telecast of the game. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't get into NBC versus Peacock. So, or versus whatever. So NBCS. Well, whatever NBCSN has become. Uh, um, but the. TSP, TSU people got 5,000 tickets. They can purchase up to 5,000 tickets, which is, if I recall correctly, that's about 1,000 more than some other places get. I would have to go back and look at my other things. But oh, well, I, thought, I thought 5,000 was like the was the common I, number. I, for some reason, I thought 4,000 was the standard, but I'd have to go okay. check that. So. Does there be a count against it? Ah, very, great question, Brendan. Uh, uh, the visiting institutions band and cheerleading is limited to 400 band members, 12 cheerleaders and one mascot. Um, and then it says, let's see, tickets must be purchased for the visiting institutions band and such tickets shall count towards the visiting institutions. There ticket it is. Purchase allotment. That's why Cincinnati didn't bring a band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now, Tennessee standard. state doesn't have like a giant drum or anything. Do they? It's probably a giant drum line, judging by yeah, the Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the drum line is, is off the charts. The hype video they put out uh, for the game. Yeah, because, I mean, it's a, there's a whole lot of the uh, mutual respect thing going on there. And I'm just curious, is, like, there's, I mean, the band section is the band section. They're going to stick them up in the, by the, by the Jumbotron. Like, there's no. Yeah. No, they won't give them any special, I don't think. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. You never know. I mean, honest to God, I never, I never once, never would I ever imagine that Notre Dame would have like outlawed a drum in the stadium, and I which is it. lovely, which is lovely. It's so petty, <laughs> it's so great. It's it's fucking fantastic. Um, so I mean, I guess I don't know what I don't know them as well as I thought I did, uh, <laughs> in a in a very good way. Um, so I I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, I don't like the. I mean, they started doing the schedule drop at eighteen, at the spring game, I believe, oh, really? and that was a lie. That was a lie then, because that because Syracuse is still the, um, right, or did that change right before that? Oh, you mean the changing the venue of that game? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I don't remember the timing I on don't that. Know. Can't keep track of the schedule, lies. 
<laughs> Just dragging um, these boys all over the Actually, the one country. question I had for Brendan. Did you spy any home field apparel at the uh, Blue Gold game? Uh, I did spy a lot of Class More Mike shirts. Um, yeah. They had them in yeah. the – right there. They had them in the, uh, the bookstore and then at the uh, um, – the outlet store. Oh, interesting. Were they, they had the, at the outlet store than they are. The only one they had website? at the outlet store is they had some of the larger sizes, the wake up the echoes leprechaun one. Um, they had some two XLs there. Um, oh, okay. Half off my sizes. So, I mean the, the half the, off, half off, half off. Man. Oh, that's incredible. I'm, I'm not like it, not just half off of half off. It was like reduced. It was like $10 a shirt. Ooh, yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a deal. I, I was gonna say, I think that's an eBay possibility right there. That you could you could turn around and make a couple bucks there. You should tell the outlet wow. store because everything in the outlet store was half off of the listed price, and the listed price was like seven, you know. Or instead, or instead of hunting down the outlets, just pay a couple extra bucks and head on over to Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com. If it's your first time, you can use the offer code one foot. Get that fifteen percent off. Yeah, but can you get two XL there? Yes, all my oh. shirts are two XL. Okay, every single cool. one. Of them. Um, you guys know what's coming up? The, I mean, yeah, refresh, Homefield dude. doesn't. Homefield does not sleep. May twenty first, big new Saturday season four comes out. Fourteen new schools, fourteen schools that are not up on the site right now. They've been doing a bunch of refreshes. Um, no Notre Dame be one of the fourteen. It could be, but I don't think it will be. (laughs) You got a sneak preview of the 14 schools? No, I don't. I I know the sneak preview of the rest of the refreshes. And all I can say to that end is that Notre Dame is not getting a refresh. Oh, Um, no. They did say. Oh, we got that. We got that cool shirt for March Madness. I suppose that was our refresh, right? They did say uh, there's 14 brand new schools um, and that basically you can do the math. And figure out which schools are left. <laughs> so yeah, think, think power five. Think power five. Um, I s- still don't think Ohio State's going to be in there because I have a whole I have a whole uh, homage conspiracy uh, attached to that. Uh, but anyways, but also coming out um, the shirt uh, they did with Mike Golick Jr. Uh, the thick six uh, shirt. Uh, all proceeds for that will be going to Feeding America. And not only does it have a sweet ass thick six, uh, you know, artwork on the, on there to celebrate fat, um, fat man touchdowns, the shirt sizes will go up to four XL. Uh, so if you are, if you are a bigger person and you've been complaining that there haven't been enough, uh, triple X, uh, action uh, going on at home field, they're going to get you that, that quad X action, uh, coming up. You can pre order that shirt up until, April 30th, uh, and they will ship out the week of May 9th. And again, all proceeds go into Feeding America. This is a uh, collaboration they're doing with Mike Golick Jr. Uh, so pretty excited about that. Uh, and also back to the big new Saturday season four, uh, subscriptions are back. So if you do a subscription for, for big new Saturday, which I have done two of them, I have no idea how the hell I'm going to sneak. I'd sneak this one. 14 shirts is a lot of shirts. My wife's going to notice that. Um, <laughs> it comes out to $20 a shirt. Uh, with shipping, you're paying about 25 bucks 
um, every Friday. Just they just pull it out of your bank account and they ship out the shirt. You usually get it like on a Monday or Tuesday uh, after they drop it on Saturday. It's fucking fantastic. Um, I love all my shirts. I do. I it's there's my favorite collection. I'm not a big collectibles guy, uh, but I really do like my T-shirt collection that I got uh, from all this. Uh, oh, did you guys see? Uh, I got my Air Force shirt. Your Bill Mo- No, your Bo Morgan shirt. <laughs> my Bo Morgan shirt. Uh, <laughs> which I, I was thinking to myself, like I am pretty sure I ordered this shirt up just to send out a tweet. That was it. <laughs> like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what that that, that Air Force, but it's those sweet. Seven item, those seven shirts in the Air Force thing were some of the best I've I've seen. I mean, I really I, I thought they they were all pretty much solid doubles or better. Um, yeah, absolutely. I look, I, sometimes I look at like you know, somebody comes out and I'm like, yeah, like I like about one of those or maybe two of those or whatever. But those were all seven of those. I'd be like, I'd wear any one of those. I think I'd wear any one of those. So of the service academies, they definitely are owning it. Yeah, right now, and it's, it's cool. a good reason why you should drop Navy as a as a yearly uh, opponent for the Notre Dame schedule. Um, is just based based strictly off of uh, what Homefield did with Air Force's T-shirt collection. It's fantastic. <laughs> they really are fresh, man. <laughs> they are good. That's a good look. Ah, so do all that. I'm, yeah, the Clashmore Mike shirts, man, are hot. And Clashmore, I mean, at some point we're gonna get them back, right? Like. Yeah. If, no. If I no no. You don't think if I like said this summer, um, it's on like fucking con. Come like on. my main mission isn't to break down what's going to happen in the fall or to have fun poking fun at Michigan or that shit. Like every day, I am just filling the airwaves of bring back Clashmore Mike. I mean, I'm sure I will lose readers left and right, but the noise would be loud enough to reach the golden dome to get into to Jack's ear, to get into whoever's fucking ear it needs to get into and bring back, uh, our favorite, uh, Hey, hey Josh, I got, a question. I got a question. Well, let me, ask, let me ask you this question. Um, if you were to Google the jeweled shillelagh, um, whose picture would come up if you were to do it, Jude? <laughs> I would guess Carson Palmer's picture would come up. Yeah. Uh, how long has Josh been banging the drum to get that goddamn shillelagh on the field? Uh, since probably about an hour after Carson Palmer lifted that shit in the air. Uh, hey, Josh. Hey, Josh. Have you ever? Have you Have you ever asked in a press conference a question about the jeweled shillelagh on the field? I actually have. Yes, I know. Um, it was done uh, in 2020 via the Zoom. And they didn't ask him. No, <laughs> they 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 chose not to um, enjoy life. They'd rather get the uh, uh, they already get some boring regular ass shit. Uh, but you would have better luck ordering a hamburger at a Hindu restaurant than you were to get Clashmore Mike in the ears of Jack Schwarbrick. You know, I mean, this feels like I I really had no desire to get. And not just that, but I knew for a fact there was no way I was going to get Brian Kelly one-on-one uh, for like a podcast interview and all that. I think Freeman's a little different. I think we could. You think we could get Freeman? I think we probably could. And I mean, there are five questions I have for Freeman that no one else is going to ask him. 
And I think at least we could get some answers out of him. We could knock it around the head a little bit. I mean, he's not, it's not like he's been around Notre Dame that long. What, you know, my what, question he, what does he you, know about Clashmore, Mike? What's stopping you? What's stopping oh, you from asking him about the shillelagh and asking about Clay, Clashmore, Mike? Have you, have asking you him about Green baseball team. <laughs> asking him it about takes up a lot of time. <laughs> Frank Leahy green uniforms. I mean, it's it's definitely on my. I am very old school, and I still write down shit in notebooks. It is definitely in a notebook, scribbled down, to look into it. I give that. So we'll see, we'll see. I like to. Ch- I would like to like do like an interview style. Like I would like to challenge Freeman to like, I don't know, frisbee golf or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> like Notre Dame, Notre Dame offered me, uh, wanted me to come up and, and, uh, get my ass beat by the fencers one year. Uh, in fact, Aaron Horvath, who's basically in charge of all of Notre Dame's, uh, football communications. Uh, this is back when he was like, still like, uh, of the blogger for Notre Dame, uh, had it all set up. And unfortunately I was, I was not going to be able to make it, but there was like Olympic gold medalists. They wanted me to get across the way that been uh, with a sword. <laughs> been awful. How much? How much do you regret that now? Not being able to cross. I you? do regret it. I, you know, I think about it every once in a while. I think anytime we talk about fencing, it's like one of the first things I thought I think of. Because honestly, I mean, back when back when they asked me that, there was what three gold medalists on Notre Dame's campus at that point, and that's who I would have been hanging out with and like and uh, crossing swords with. And that that see that. Definitely now. I knew then it was just it was not going to work out, and that sucked. But now it sucks even more because uh, how much that would, that 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 would have lived on. That would have been too fun. Maybe not as good. Like getting my ass kicked probably wouldn't have been all that great. <laughs> yeah, but if you're going to get but, your ass kicked, get your ass kicked by the best. Yeah, you know, and they got those suits. It's not like I'm going to be going away with it. It's not no, like I'm does, going one on one. It does not. It does not hurt to get. They didn't ask me to like go one on one with Quentin Nelson. Yeah, like like put a tackle. And it, does, <laughs> it does not get. It does not hurt that bad again. But if they would if they would have offered me to do that, um, and and you know was able to wear, I would have done that. Put me in some pads across with Quentin Nelson. I'd take the ass whooping for for five minutes. Oh, God, that was something. Really? Wow. That's not something. Yeah, man, why not? I mean, when's it, when, when are you going to get the opportunity to, to pat it up and go against an all pro just for a minute? I just that's not on my bucket list of things to do. I mean, it's not on a bucket list. But if you ask me, like, is that is that something cool? I'm like, fuck, yeah, that'd be that'd be dope as hell. I would rather but Nelson. If you're listening to this, I got no problems driving down to Indianapolis, buddy. Listen, I would rather get I would rather have the opportunity to line up against Clance Lewis and run a route. <laughs> He's a prodigy. How are you gonna do that? Or to uh, you know, find some open space and see uh, Houston Griffith oppo me. See see now I'm a solid two sixty five right now. So I'm basically a if I put risers in my shoes and go from six one to like six four. I'm a I'm a I'm a good looking fucking edge player at six at six four two sixty five. <laughs> I maybe if I talk, you think if I talk enough shit about Quentin Nelson, he'll call me out and then I'll ha- I'll have to go do it. 
I, yeah, I, th- I think, you think so. that plan would work. I think it's a pl- I think that that plan's more feasible than having anything appear on Jack Shorebrick's desk. <laughs> it's more feasible than seeing the Jules Shillelagh out there for USC. God, you know how many coaches has it been? It's been now uh, three coaches, right? Bob Davey never did it. We well, I mean, would it have been Bob Davey? Start- no, no, no. It would have been Tyrone, right? I started bitching Palmer. about it in the Weiss era. Um, yeah, I started bitching about it in the Weiss era, but just as like uh, about the trophy, like, like Notre Dame didn't make a big deal about the trophies then, and for good reason, right? Like we hadn't seen the motherfuckers. Well, they weren't winning trophies in the Weiss era, right? But it was like day one from from you know Brian Kelly turning that around in 2010 and bringing it back home. It was like, we, we need to do something about this. And then it was, but I think it all started really with, um, it started with Michigan state and Weiss and the, the whole thing about the megaphone, um, in the lock. Remember, you know, when John L got all shitty about it. Yeah. Well, the yeah. planning of the flag certainly didn't help. And, and people were like, people were like, Weiss. Oh, we didn't even know that existed. I'm like, you don't play NCAA college football. On PlayStation, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> they got all the trophies on there. <laughs> For a while, the tr- only pictures I had when I was blogging way back then in the, in the late late uh, 2000s was, was pictures it. I took of the trophies on, on the game. <laughs> like, like you would Google some of those trophies now and, and get image search, and they're the images from the, <laughs> from the fucking video game. Some were some of the ones I took. Ugh, man, we went way the fuck off the rails. Oh my god, how did we end up here? <laughs> like we always end up here. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> we were doing uh, we were doing an like, from home field, and now we're there talking are like about the five, there are like five subjects that you just bring up to bring up to the emperor, and he'll just fucking go off for two hours about. <laughs> ah shit. Um. Oh, recruiting just had a big win. Uh, getting. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I. I Pretty sure that I'm uh, I'm owning owning the uh, the peoples on the internets uh, with these pictures. But Notre Dame getting a four star offensive lineman Sam Pendleton uh, putting up that picture of him and Dabo. Dabo, yeah, I loved it. God, I lo- there's nothing I love more than that. And I love the fact that people are starting to catch on to it because there was somebody who uh, responded to your tweet and they had a uh, did one of like <laughs> Harbaugh with Blake Fisher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I remember doing that, and uh, they, uh, Bleacher Report doesn't put the pictures up of, of the articles anymore. Uh, but anyways, they did then, and so that was up on that site, and just like, and we're talking about Bleacher Report people, but like all these commenters are just flipping the fuck out. Like, do you think he wants that on the internet? Him and like, you think I care? I'm laughing my ass off that Michigan didn't get this guy. <laughs> My God! Just reminding them, yeah, it's it's salt in the wound for yeah. the other team. But Pendleton is the first uh, offensive lineman in this class, and it's like just kind of like quarterback dominoes, like offensive line. Like here, here's one. Now here's going to come, you know, a few more. Um, Tom Loy seems like he's not uh, passing on any premium information, but he's just like ready to start dropping a, a plethora of crystal balls on some guys and a few of those offensive linemen. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's, 
continue to solidify this number one ranked class. He's a, you know, he's Pendleton's got a three star on a, on a couple of spots, but he's a consensus four star and he's a composite four star. So he's a fucking four star. So that puts it, that puts Notre Dame's class at 10 commitments, all of them four star or higher. That's, that's a pretty solid blue chip ratio when you're looking at 100%. Um, our, our old friend, Bud Elliott, will tell you that's, that's doing the job. Um, and so I guess coming out of the spring game, I guess, so this is Tuesday night. I thought I would hear a little bit more buzz about, about some commitments coming up this week. Um, and maybe that's still on the thing that kind of feels like it's either going to happen or it's not going to happen at all. So maybe we'll start getting a few more. I know those guys like, what was it? Two years ago, Jude, do you remember when they kind of like, it was like every day for like a week and a half. There's a commitment or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, that was that was that was interesting. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was kind of like they all agreed to like stagger that shit out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so maybe something like that's uh, gonna happen. Where we'll get a few commitment of these. Commitment train. Yeah, get a commitment get train running. So that's good news. Uh, Dante Moore visiting LSU uh, and them providing him a gold throne uh, was. Was typical Brian Kelly. He's very original. Yeah. <laughs> was it was it Dante Moore they gave the gold throne to? Yeah. I thought it was another one. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And it it was like uh I saw he got to meet Joe Burrow. That was pretty cool. Yeah. No, that's and, uh, cool. Carnell but Tate gets to was meet a, uh Tyron Matthew, right? Well Jamar Chase too. Oh no, Jamar Chase, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it was like someone some from the LSU boards were talking about like, I mean, how crazy is that to meet someone of that caliber? Like if a recruit, whatever recruit is going to a big time school, they're going to have some big time alumni there. It's not like it's out of bounds. I mean, Joe Burrow, obviously that's, a, 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 that's dope, right? Just won the Heisman there a few years ago. Yeah. You know, went to the Super Bowl. Went to the news, Super Bowl. But it's like, yeah. Yeah, like that's not uncommon there. for yeah. big programs to have some big fucking names you know, <laughs> hanging around. Um, so, but he's got an official schedule for Oregon. Apparently, that's the one to really keep an eye on more than any, more than anything else for, against Notre Dame is uh, this Oregon trip. Which, by the way, they have a, they have a, they had a throne before Notre Dame's throne. Who did? Is that pick? Yeah, because I got that pick up on the up on the site. Uh, talking about Dante Moore, he's got a, and they got a sweet um, robe, a royal robe uh, on him on that. Uh, it's just, I mean, I just think at this point, is it really even the player? They're all wearing the visors. You can't really, you know, you have no idea if it's really them or not. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that visor look when you're taking your official photos. Not all of. And it's like for Notre Dame, it's like we know they're not going to wear those dope ass Irish visors. So kind of like, I don't know. It kind of sucks because like I wouldn't mind seeing that. I mean, go back to to Jude's days at, in South Bend. You know when we had when we had the guy, all the boys at linebacker wearing wearing the dark, vi- you know, wearing the Vader mask and all that. You know, Miner and Burt Berry and uh, uh, Tatum, Cobbins. That was a, that's a sick look, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe take a couple without the visor. I don't know. But Brian Kelly didn't grind on him. No, well, maybe that video. So the grinding days are over for BK. 
I don't know. No, 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 no. He probably did. They're just waiting to chop that one out. Grind on me. <laughs> Ain't nothing but a little bump again. I got, oh, wait, I got, there's, I got like a, I should make a playlist of grind songs and put that on Spotify just to make sure Brian Kelly has the right setting down there. Uh, uh, what else? Is there anything else? What haven't we covered? Um, yeah. I mean, the NFL draft is starting on Thursday. Shit, that's right. <laughs> that's coming Sorry. up. So who's Sorry. getting drafted where? Okay, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Right. Ryan Harris said on the Blue Game Gold podcast, which you didn't get to, or on the broadcast, which you didn't get to watch, Brennan, that he would be surprised if Kyle Hamilton fell lower than six. So I ask you gentlemen both, over under, pick six, Kyle Hamilton. Over. Over. Yeah, it's got to be over, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just... Like, as much as I don't want it to be over, it's... Right. I feel like 11 to the commanders makes a lot of sense. Uh, I don't... If I, t- if I said over under 10, where are you going on that? Over. It shouldn't but there, be, but I, th- there's but I think no it, way it he will. falls below what, what? I mean, what would you say? I think 11's got to be the lowest he falls, right? No, he can pass the commanders. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they can do they, stupid. Yeah, they need things. They need quarterbacks. They need, they need they have, people. They need. They have what? Carson Wentz is their quarterback <laughs> now, right? They need quarterback. I, mm. I just it's the with the NFL draft. I number one. I wouldn't bet on it to save my fucking life. I mean, just, yeah, you know, what the fuck's going to happen? Think uh, I mean, at least Al Davis like isn't two. involved. Kenny Pickett going at six. I mean, like this stuff is just in bonkers. Right? And it's just like, there's a reason why you're still dra- Detroit lions. There's a reason why you're drafting up here all the time. It's the reason yeah. you're lines. Yeah. yeah. The reason you're lines. It's it, it. I don't know. I don't understand it, uh, but I would I say the uh, farthest he could fall, by the way, though, is 14. I don't – Baltimore is constantly in need of a yeah. um, safety, and they're probably going to try and make a run at Tyrion. I mean, they signed a guy, and they might make a run at Tyrion Matthew. Well, they're also a franchise that appreciates the position. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and have historically, over the last you know half decade, kept trying to plug that safety hole with a bunch of retreads. <laughs> right. So They'd love to get a chance at that, and I would hate it. Um, I mean, the hell they. I mean, that that legacy goes back even far. I mean, they did that with uh, with Woodson. Like, oh, you can't with Rod Woodson. You can't play corner anymore. Okay, well, how about playing safety for us? Christy Christy was almost ready to start booing Khalid Kareem and Dalen Hayes because Whoa. of their choices of professional. Maybe not choices, but because of their professional. Uh, career <laughs> locations like they could, they could help that. I was gonna say, no, but I mean, but they, but when they, they announced them in the stadium, um, you know, she's clapping for because they were announcing all the players in the NFL and she's clapping and she looks over at I'm me. I'm gonna need video so reaction. Just to be clear, she would have booed um, Miles Boykin a month ago, but now cheers him, <laughs> absolutely, hard, right? Okay. Yeah. Right. AFC North uh, football is different. Chief. I respect, no, you, I respect, yeah, you, you kind of get I mean, it. In AFC, AFC North football is basically Bloods Crips. Oh, it is. It is. Bloods, Crips, Bloods Crips and and Latin Kings. I, it's just 
it is a gang war in that division. Just all the time. Straight up. And it's, it's all, all which is hatred. awesome. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, I'm gonna need a video reaction though of uh, of Christie when uh, when Pittsburgh takes Kevin Austin in uh, the sixth round. I'll get it for you. Um, if if an AFC North team drafts uh, a Notre Dame player, I'll get I'll get a reaction as well because it won't be uh, won't be one of of happiness. <laughs> no, because that that gang life, man, you can't walk away from that. It's it's real. So. <laughs> All right, so what do we think about Kyron Williams? Like fourth round, I, I saw he was on Jeremiah's Daniel Jeremiah's final one top one hundred and fifty mock board at like one forty nine. Which I mean, yeah, I think Kyron know, can. That's just the best players. It's not necessarily. I think right. a good team right. will draft right. him in the fourth. I don't think he makes it past the fourth because he's yeah, got I good think, tape. I think he could go in the third round. Like someone could say, "I want him now." Uh, because I think I think fourth I think fourth fifth round he'll be he'd be gone, but I could see a team taking him in the third just to get him because they could you imagine they, him being drafted well, higher than Julian Love? That just seems. I mean, I, I understand it's different years, different positions, but just like you know, I don't, I don't know. It, fourth seems about right. Yeah, I mean, fourth round right. seems. What else we got? Kevin Austin. What does he get drafted? Somebody's gonna take a yeah. Round him, right? Yeah, he ran fast. He ran yeah, fast. six round. I, him, and again, maybe a guy that's someone's just in love with him in the fifth round knows what they're doing. Uh, yeah. A team that's got a bunch of draft picks, um, you know. So he, you know, maybe he could, could go fifth round. Uh, but I think six probably a good if he, if he's gonna get drafted, but six. Right. And Anyone else you expect to get drafted? Mm. Oh no no no! Fuck yeah, Jack Cohn's getting drafted. You think so? Absolutely. I'll say fourth, fifth round, late fourth round, early oh, fifth wow. round for Jack Cohn. Okay. There's a lot of good vibes about Jack. Are Cohn. there are there mocks out there that have Jack Cohn going that high? Mocks aren't gonna mocks don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I was gonna well, say that. Well, here's the thing. Here's but the thing do, with a mock, but draft. they do though. Do they? There's I mean, a mock, there's. Teams want. I think Dane Brugler just had one out. Does he, have, did a whole, does he have Cone in there? Yeah, he just did a whole seven. I mean, there's not many that do a whole seven round mock. Brugler. Yeah, Matt Miller ends up doing a seven round, but I don't know that's out yet. So he's got Cone going. Well, if Matt Miller wants the clicks, he better get it out soon. The opinion of Jack Cone is a lot higher from non Notre Dame people. Oh no, he he does have it out. Who? Miller? Uh, Matt Miller. But I don't know if I can easily, quickly search this. Because <laughs> it's a freaking ESPN, and they like make you click through 14 pages. Just to, it's like, oh, yeah. it's worse than it's a, just get to the six. It's not worse than 24-7, though. It is definitely not worse than 24-7. Yeah. Uh, no, I think Jack Cohn gets drafted for sure. I, I think your, your sure bets, you know, Kyle Hamilton, Kyron Williams, Jack Cohn <laughs> are sure draft picks. Kevin Austin, probably. Um, and that's kind of it. Yeah, that's kind of it. Pretty. Which, I mean, 
and and Brendan, I love I love that you went on a deep dive on this. I think it was last year. So what where are we in the standings of versus USC? What what is what is, what is the university believe we are at, and what does Brendan believe we're at in terms of the draft picks? Oh gosh, remember? I gotta I gotta go up and dig up that document that I have. Yeah, but it was um, pretty it was pretty sweet. You should put that out as a tweet or something like that, so I can. But we went ahead again. Well, we I pissed off. We, uh, we we passed them, uh, but going yeah, we into pissed last off the SC season, people last year. Yeah, because yeah, going it, like, into it, then the five ten or something like that. Because they were counting guys that didn't did, that weren't actually drafted and guys that didn't make it to the league and Notre Dame guys who they were like double, they were also double counting. There's a lot of discrepancies, <laughs> <laughs> and you can look it I all up. It. And yeah, you know. I love that. That's a thing. I absolutely. Brendan, love Brendan spent a fair amount of time on this. Was was it last year that we started? I think he was working on this. Yeah. Oh yeah, you went through the whole. He went through the whole knot. I went through every. I went through every. There was a couple of guys like you were like singling out too. Like, look at this guy here. He was, this guy was double drafted. He didn't even go here. He went here. Also, this guy didn't even play in the league. Yeah, there was they. Uh, the, yeah, USC had a lot of guys double drafted because they would they would pick them and then they they'd pick them again. Uh, it was uh, like an AFL NFL thing or. Yeah, AFL NFL thing, and whether or not how how they wanted to count that, but then also there was like, um, I don't know. There's 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 a whole list of like Notre Dame guys that weren't counted that should have been counted as being drafted, because um, just because you were drafted, like I just counted you. They went into drafted. the service instead of going to NFL. They went into the service. Notre Dame had some guys like that. So yeah. Hmm. I'll have to dig up that document and get it out before the draft. Yeah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I just remember you had done all the actual work on that, and then you were trolling USC people, which is great. <laughs> it was uh, Scott Wolf, I think, was the right. He's the guy. Yeah. One of the USC yeah, guys. Yeah, this is the USC yeah. guy. He was the one that really got burned by that. But there was another one of the writers who I think I want to say had our back, but was like kind of like, oh no, did they? Wasn't the tweet something like? There are discrepancies or something like that. Like, should there be though? Like, shouldn't there just be the count? I don't know. Yeah, they treat they treat draft picks like uh, Alabama treats national titles. I mean, they inflate them. I mean, I got into it with a with a reader there. Well, two weeks ago about that, they're calling me a joke for counting ninety three. And I'll also, and I'm like, I'm tweeting back at him with the fucking picture of the plaque, like Notre Dame does, with the picture of the fucking program. Now Notre Dame counts these things. They just have a weird separation, which they need to stop doing. It's like, I, I, I got to keep leaning on Notre Dame about all this bullshit that they do. It's like be petty. Just go for it. Claim them all. There's no reason not to embrace stability. Yeah, because it was the debate was about getting El, getting El, Elmer Layden a statue. He's a national championship winning coach without a statue. Mm-hmm. That's got to change. That should change. So, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go on my spiel right now about how much I hate the draft. The this version of the draft, I hate it. Hate it. Oh uh, yeah, we bring this up every year about every year. The, yeah, 
I actually, it works better for my schedule, so I like it. I like it. I'll be I like it too. Thursday. I think the second, I like the second round as much as I like the first round. I did, I want to go right into the second round after the first round. I just, like, I would, if they did a Friday night first and second round and then did the rest the next day, that's fine. I, I just, I, it's take, it takes too goddamn long. And it's such a fucking money grab by the league. It's just like, which just makes me angrier. But, I mean, it is what it is. I think a lot of people do like it. Um, I just am one of those people who do not and find it laborious. Is that even a fucking word? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, does it fit there? Yeah, it definitely does. All right, good. I've eight drinks in, so I might just use words that don't exist. Look, look. I think Duran Duran had a song about it, right? La, la, laborious. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a generational joke right there. <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, I, I don't know if, if Biggie's coming back for that sample. <laughs> laborious was the way completely walking off, down the off road. Topic, completely off topic, but um, I'm, in a, I'm in a group chat of people who are doing Hurdle. Uh, are you familiar with Hurdle at all? Yeah. Okay. So for Josh, no. uh, sake and the sake of our listeners, Hurdle is basically a, like a Wordle playoff where they're giving you, it's almost like name that tune, right? They're giving you one second of a t- at a time of a song, and then you have to figure out what, what song it is, and you get, what is it, uh, Brendan, five, six tries at it or whatever? Yep, five tries. Um, so it's funny because we have people in our group everywhere from, 19 to probably mid fifties and you know, the, the kids get some things that we're just like, yep, yeah, never heard that song or whatever. And then, you know, the, the, they threw on, uh, I think it was Wonderwall one day and it was like, everybody got like ones and twos on that. Um, you know, just cause you know, that's our, those are our jams. That's what we, we taped. Oh, off the yeah, I'm, you know? I'm pretty good. TikTok. There's a big TikTok trend like that. Like yeah. let me just play, play this one, one note. I'm pretty good at picking that up. Yeah. Have you have you tried the uh, college football Reddit wordle? I tried the one with uh, with Smarge on there, Shark. Yeah. Let me tell you, that's fucking impossible. Yeah. That is way harder than regular wordle. It is so fuck. I don't know if I'm overthinking it, but like my first guess every time is Irish because one of these days it's gonna be that. <laughs> It's going to be that one. One of these days. One of these days. That's the five-letter word. To the moon. But it, it's, which is kind of stupid because it takes up two eyes. But anyways, it's it feels impossible to get because you're super concentrating on just college football self and stuff. Like, you know, saving. You got to throw that out. But that's got two A's in it. So is that really a try you want to have because uh, you're using it up? I mean, I, I do a lot of – there's a lot of strategy – that I use in, in Wordle. Um, <laughs> the Cotswold one just seems so fucking hard, man. Like, I don't... I I bet my hit rate, I, I think I'm maybe 20% on the Cotswold one. It's tough. Yeah. They have one for the NFL, too. That It's called Weddle. And uh, I, I just don't know enough NFL players. That's, that's my problem. It's just, you know, because they'll say, like, oh, well, the guy's... You'll make a guess, and he's like, "Okay, well, that guy's older than twenty-seven. Old, you know, 
uh, taller than 5'10 and weighs more than 194 pounds. And you're just like, I, I just don't know. I don't know the heights and weights and ages of people enough to, to, to be good at this game. But somebody does. Somebody does. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of oodles out there. The the world one is is fucking tough too. Like I consider myself like pretty like decently educated when it comes to the countries around the world. And then you get humbled when you have to find out what the fuck Heard Island is. I guess that's that's a that's rough. Some of those some of the island ones are rough. Oh, uh, Africa trips me up too. But anyway, <laughs> it, it, uh, it just does. It's just such a, the, I don't know, man, this is, the shapes aren't hitting me right. Usually I, pretty decent at it. Wouldn't let it down, but it can get a little rough. And that one's got the, in which direction are they going? With world oil, it's tough. Cause like, you know, you'll hit it and it'll be like, oh, it's Northwest 3,300 miles. Yeah. You know, like, are you like, I don't know. Like, it seems like the one they did, it was like, they were using a map. It was map wise instead of globe wise is the way they're using their distance. And so you could be like pretty close to it, but if you're looking at a map projection of it, yeah, it's going to be, you know, 10,000 miles away or whatever. the fuck. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, I, I didn't get a chance to check and to catch up with Pat Forty's article where he, and I guess did an extensive sit down with Jack Swarbrick about the future of, on division one football did anybody get a chance to read it and can you guys give us the cliff notes version i think i read the cliff notes version of it oh, okay. um with a with a promise to myself to go back and read it especially after finding out mark emmerich uh stepped down uh what today or yesterday today 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 yeah well it's not so, effective until june what 23rd 2023 or something like that june 30th yeah so. right but it's but it's still a there's an upheaval going on obviously i mean right the state of college athletics right now is just absolutely insane. Um, and Mark Emirates, his legacy is going to be that he just kind of like wiped his hands fucking clean and walked away. You know, they, they held on to amateurism and this, this whole ex- exploitation vibe for fucking decades and decades and decades. And then just went to a fucking free for all with rules that they don't enforce. And, you know, he's a big, he's a big reason for that. I mean, he's a big reason why, you know, why they stuck with what they did and why they eventually changed. I mean, the federal government steps in and then you're just like, all right, you know, fuck it then. It's like, no, you dipshit. If you would have done something about this when you're supposed to, this could have been a lot less messy. Uh, I don't know, man. It's Jack thinks that there's going to be a split coming up. I consider Jack a pretty smart, pretty smart guy. Would you um, say he's savvy? Yeah, I think he's. I, I think savvy is a good adjective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the, but but because he's savvy, like I'm not sure. His answer sometimes I wonder, like if he's trying to drive something with his answers. You know what I mean? Like they just aren't what well, he sure. thinks. His answers are are for reasons. Um, but you know, him talking about there being a split—that's ominous. Like you know, how's that going to look? Uh, if it's big game boomer, it's just the most obnoxious shit I've ever seen in my life. I know you have that that cat muted, Jude, but I was never more angry at one of his things ever than seeing like what his proposed split of uh, of the uh, division one would be like having two 
so there's two levels you know the level one has purdue and level two has iu like like any big 10 team is going to be in the level two category it's just like it's so fucking stupid even north they'll carry north michigan and then we'll carry the banner for northwestern they have nothing to worry about nothing the big 10 will stick together I, here's the thing I is say, I don't I know if the, the same for Vanderbilt and the SEC though. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess it would just be how much does Vanderbilt have the stomach to pay, and what is their athletic department's, um, you know? I mean, probably well, just boils down. The easiest split is just the Power Five. But there's stuff, even certain know. Power Five programs that operate in the red. There's a lot of Power oh, for Five sure. programs that operate in the red. Oh, for sure. But I mean, that operating on the red isn't the thing. It's like, I don't even know, but you're not going to, you're not going to see a Marshall being the, being the, uh, the top level. You're not going to see a Fresno. I don't care how much these, how good some of these mid-major programs, these, these group of five programs have been, unless they are in a power five pro. That's why it was so important for like a, like Cincinnati to get into the big 12. Because if there is a split coming and Jack Swarbrick, Savvy Jack thinks there is one, you better be in place. You better be in a position of strength going into that. So Cincinnati, now that they're in UCF, now that they're Houston. in a position of strength, they're, you know, got to say that they're safe in a way, right? Yeah, I just uh, I don't look forward to it. I like college football. I don't want to. I don't want a semi-pro league. It bums me out. I don't either. I, I, I just. And what's the point? I mean, are they really? Are they really going to fill up their schedules with nothing but Power Five programs? Because no. I don't think any school wants to do that. No, of course not. I mean, then there goes. I mean, and yes, the beat that you know the the slack that football fans have and it's usually just like hardcore nfl people when they talk shit about the colleges that some of these games are out of control all right but what about the what about the game out of fucking left field you know just like and it's doesn't have to be a big upset like appalachian state michigan it could be like eastern going down to west lafayette and beating purdue or you know or just all the those games that we get every single year the oh kind of you know uh sanford Florida State battle against Florida State. Uh, fucking uh, Georgia Southern beating Florida and not even throwing a single pass in modern era of college football. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, and those that those are the kind of things and th- that stick as part of like the what's great about college football and being a college football fan, and that's the kind of shit that would get pushed to the side, and that's like. Man, that's the fucking seasoning, man. You're 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 serving me up, you know, a, a southern boil with no fucking old bay seasoning. You gotta have the old bay. <laughs> what the bay. hell are you doing? I mean, it's like like giving me jambalaya without the peppers. Um, switching topics on you a little bit. Um, I think my. Um, my annual subscription to extra points with Matt Brown recently came back up and I, uh, I re-upped and I'm glad I did because there was an awesome article on today's extra points about can an NIL collective actually be a charity? And, um, 
it really uh, it really opened my eyes to. I mean, he talked to a bunch of CPAs about whether or not this this you know, and, and he didn't he didn't specifically target fund uh, from Notre Dame, but obviously they've they've set themselves up as a five hundred one c three, and um, you know he talked to some CPAs and some some experts in the field about whether or not that that really could that really could stick. And um, they brought up some really interesting points. One of the CPAs noted noted that all 501c3s have to file what's called a Form 990, which we see from Notre Dame, uh, which means that um, these, you know, the fund will have to tell us the financial value of all the athlete deals that they do. Um, And so that won't be confidential like it would be if they were not trying to be a 501c3. And then... um, the other thing that they mentioned was that, you know, if you if it's you can lose your 5133 C3 status if you end up doing activities that are not ex- uh, aimed at your purpose, which is the charity purpose, and instead serving your private interests. And then there's this great quote here that says, "Giving funders a tax deduction on the money they donate to a collective, and then turning around and paying student athletes large sums of money to promote a charity is a very slippery slope," says Jason Bells, our CEO of Student Athlete NIL a firm that is running collectives at a dozen schools around the country. The concept of fair market value for someone's services goes out of the window when you have a student athlete driving around in a Porsche from the money he earned, quote unquote, promoting some charitable cause. I wouldn't want to have to explain to the IRS how that's within the legal bounds of a nonprofit organization, much less ethical. So I thought that was really, um, really interesting. Now, having said that, I think Matt's point at the end of this is like nobody really knows and nobody's really tested this. So somebody's got to test this. Right. And so it's one thing to to, you know, thumb your nose at the NCAA, which we were just sort of talking about. But it's a completely different thing to take on some state or federal regulatory body uh, like like the IRS. And so someone's going to get curious about these things and make an example of somebody. And I'm not saying that it's going to be fun at Notre Dame, but I'm just saying. This could be. This could be a. It's going to be. It's going to be a Mike Williams slash Maurice Claret scenario, right? Where they thought bar. Yeah. Yeah. Where they they thought that they could just jump, and then the NCAA was like, yeah, no, and then they ended up not. Except I don't. I mean, wasn't the NCAA? It was the NFL. Right. 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 I also don't think the NCAA is going to be the one that ultimately comes down on. I think it's the IRS no. that's going to that's IRS, going to make yeah. something that's going to kill that's going to so kill you, us. Well, I mean, so look, all right, so let's look at that just for for a second. So, I think the I think the 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 issue at hand really is like uh, not just value, but like like perception value, right? So let's say let's say a Notre Dame athlete. Um, goes and promotes the Boys and Girls Club through fund. Mm-hmm. Um, like $30,000 for like a day's worth of events and um, and photo shoots and a, and a video. That seems within reason as opposed to like someone showing up and doing something for five minutes and claiming $5 million. You know what I mean? Like I think they're, I think they're going to I think there could be an exorbitant amount. I think thirty thousand dollars is a lot of money for one day's of work. Don't get it, don't get it twisted. But I think that if it doesn't look completely crazy, I think that there's a way to explain it and just say that well, this is the value, you know, of, of this. I mean, who? How is the IRS going to say what the market value of promotions is? 
I guess that's my biggest question. Like, like, all right, they could, it's all going to be reported. They're all going to know what it is and they're going to have their tax. I mean, regardless of the five of the 501 C three status, the players themselves are going to have to pay taxes on these, uh, on these payments from sure. fund. So what, what the fuck does the IRS give a shit? They're getting, they're getting revenue. Because I, I think it, it blows through the entire notion of tax exempt status, right? Which is you, you're not going to want to blow up the idea of tax exempt status because that's important, right? Right. But I mean, like, every, how much have they done in churches across America? Every four years there's a presidential election and churches got, got the same status. And I guarantee you. How about the Church of Scientology? That, that, yeah, I mean, That's half the churches out That's there are talking politics. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a quote from Matt here, you know, Matt writing, you know, just kind of narrating here. And he said um, at, at the end, he said, um, you know, after all, state boards typically handle nonprofit investigations more than the federal government. And perhaps officials in places like Ohio and Oklahoma will decide it's not it isn't worth the political risk to ask too many questions about groups supporting athletes at Old State U. Given how backlogged the IRS is and how hamstrung the NCAA appears to be in creating or enforcing any NIL rules, perhaps simply daring any enforcement body to do anything about operating in any gray area is a defensible decision. <laughs> so, I mean, he says, you know, look, the risks of getting it wrong are significant. Um, so I think the biggest the biggest risk here is if, I guess in my eyes, is if the fund – I mean, I mean, just because a, just because a, an organization is um, classified as a nonprofit doesn't mean that people that operate that don't get paid. There's plenty of, I mean, pastors get paid. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like people get money. So I guess the 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 bigger risk in my eyes isn't what the players make per deal. It's more or less like, is there other money going towards administrative administrative costs, and how in line are those with with what they should be. You know what I mean? Kind of like, kind of like bowl games, like paying fucking <laughs> the director of a bowl game, you know, $4 million a year, what are the crazy shit they got going on. Like you can't have that. So like, what are the administrative costs? I think the, 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 the administrative costs are going to be the one that is going to be the thing they have the eye on the most. It's not going to be that, that Audra guesstimate got paid 20 grand to go do an IHOP commercial that they they were partnering up for the for uh, St. Baldrick's, you know. <laughs> mm. you know? I, I I think all that would be like that's fine, but like, did Tom Mendoza get an extra twenty grand, and why? It I just I think that what they have in place, I don't think we're gonna have to worry about that. Like these are fairly well off people that are running this and on the board. Like, I don't think they're going to be looking at like a salary and I don't, none of this was the point. And it's a, probably a big reason why they went, wanted to do nonprofit. They wanted to do something and all this, it all ties in. I see the, the, the pitfalls and, and the possible dangers. I do, however, think in Notre Dame's case or in the case of the fund, I should say not Notre Dame's is not officially affiliated. I think they're in a somewhat safe place to explain things or at least explain things away. Um, I don't know, but it, I mean, it's interesting and 
Yeah. You can definitely see well, how it blows up quick. It, it, it reminded me that I was thankful that you had Matt Brown on on the podcast to, you know, to talk about what he's what he's learned about everything. And I found if you guys haven't listened to that episode of, of the OFD podcast, go back a couple of weeks and check that out because it was it was super insightful. And uh, I what I love about Matt was, is that he's not sure of anything. Yeah. And absolutely. you might, you and, might and think that's, that that's, that's not a good thing. Today. That's how he wrote today's too, which is like, Hey, I don't know. This is what, this is what the experts are telling me, you know? Yeah. It's just, this is such a uncharted territory for everybody. No one can be, no one can be, you know, certain about anything, honestly. Right. So, I mean, it's nice to not have somebody say, no, this is how it's going to be. You know, Matt lays it out pretty, you know, pretty well and explains, you know, give, gives easy explanations for some things, but also throws in the caveat all the time of, I'm not sure how this is going to look in a month right now. It looks like this, but in a month, you know, it could be way different. Um, sure. And with NIL, I think that's all we are, right? Like we have no idea what the fucking NIL is going to be come September, let alone, I mean, in June, September or next, next year this time. So, So it's a crazy world. Mark Emmerich just making sure he's he he is the fucking Joker walking out of the hospital. <laughs> yeah, just blowing that shit up, shaking the remote to get that one extra blast in. I mean that you want to talk about a failed failed leadership and you know just absolutely doing no one any favors uh, for the sport. And that's Mark Emmerich. Fucking awful. Absolutely got awful. And the biggest problem is that he's going to be this. He's going to have people like me make him the scapegoat. When in all honesty, it's university presidents nationwide. That's who he worked for. Yeah. 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 They, uh, again, another Batman reference. He was the villain they needed. You know what I mean? Like, they chased Mark Emmerich because they can or had to. I don't fucking know. Uh, now we're nine drinks in, and I'm. You want, my, you want my you want my Batman hot takes? I watched. I spent three hours watched uh, the Batman. The Robert Batman. Madison. Fucking not even close to the Dark Knight. Not even close to that level. How anyone could say that was better is beyond. It's like not even fucking close. Like the monologues, my God, dude. Start a podcast. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll have Batman do a OFT podcast over the summer. I'm here for that. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that we needed to get? I think we're we're pretty close here. I don't think so. I think we I think we covered uh, most of the juicy bits. Okay. I, and I feel like we still didn't talk about the spring game enough, and I love the fact that we did. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's fine. It's the fucking spring game. It was a hodgepodge. Don't worry about it. Like, really honest to God, do not worry about it. We'll never, forget, never forget, never forget that Sean Kaiser bombed the 2015 spring game. You, uh, you guys heard never forget. Uh, everybody, everybody's crying about Phil Dracovic and how, and how much they would have liked to have had him. There's a lot of people that, that would have wanted him back in, and yet 
bomb and spring. So, I mean, whatever. You, uh, Pine's not even the projected starter. You guys all heard that uh, Garth Brooks is going to play LSU's uh, football stadium, right? Once again, BK, uh, stealing. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. What's he going to chug out of? Like, Here's the, the thing. Like, I'm not impressed that it's Garth Brooks. Give me Chris Gaines, and then we can talk. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I get a lot of hate for my Garth Brooks takes from the last time. I'm just going to stay quiet on that one. Yeah. <laughs> no. Dude, do do, dude, Brendan, do either of you guys know anybody that went to the Garth Brooks concert in Notre nah. Dame? Yeah, Lisa Kelly. Oh. What did she say about it? I don't recall. Okay. She's a pretty positive oh, person, so I can uh, see her saying a lot of good things. George Bushmore Most people went, went to the to the concert, I think, too, right? Something about okay. standing in the rain. I recall that it was a rainy night, right? It was a rainy night. Yeah, most people that I talked to that that have gone to that didn't have too many good things to say about it. Mm. So, um, and look, I and I said at the time, I was like, all right, I understand that Garth Brooks is a great entertainer. Don't no fucking questions asked. But I mean, really, was Outcast busy that night? We couldn't couldn't have got them. Couldn't could have done something like that. Okay. Anyways, uh, Jude, what do you got left in the tank? I got nothing. I got nothing. Have, have a have a wonderful week, everyone. It's so great to to be with you all. Um, pray for our boy Kyle that he gets the right fit. It doesn't really even matter where he gets picked. It just let's make it the right fit. And uh, I look forward to uh, just to watching it all. I like the draft. Um, I, I share Josh's objections, but I've I've come to uh, come to accept. I mean, my, you, accept it. The NFL, it's right? We have no choice. Make it work for my schedule. So just uh, happy to be here with you all. And um, I'm glad that Brendan gave us that perspective of kind of inside the stadium and kind of what it felt like, because, uh, it, you know, it's as, as lame as the game was, I, I really wish I was there. It looked like a really beautiful day and it looked like a lot of people came out for it that I would have loved to have seen, including Brendan. So. Brendan, my friend, what do you got left in the tank? What do you got left in your wallet after that trip to the bookstore? Uh, almost nothing. I didn't get anything <laughs> at the bookstore. It was all for the wife and kids. <laughs> I'm waiting for that Marcus Freeman spring re- or summer refresh. Um, I still say I can't believe there was that much pit gear uh, at the bookstore at Notre Dame for your wife to buy. She will hit you uh, <laughs> with her fists. Um. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't have a whole lot. Um, it's officially the sort of off season where we should be getting some recruiting news, drips and draps, and it should heat up right in the next uh, month. Well, yeah, uh, May is the deadest month of the entire college football cycle of the yes. twelve months in, of life. May is the deadest month um, by far. Who- Commitments all start coming in in, in the summer. So. Transfer portal news could could come late in April, so that that might get a little a little bit of hangover into May. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for for uh, the off season. 
um, and all of the the wonderful takes I'm sure that will come about this very um, uh, nuanced and uh, nuanced <laughs> and um, well received quarterback battle that uh, we're going to be looking at going into Columbus. I love it. Uh, this is my favorite time of year. I mean, I, I am not a huge fan of May. I will say that um, as far as college football is concerned, but we are about to get into off season time, which is, which I find, I take great joy in uh, just because that's the time we get, we really get to talk about the bullshit and the fun stuff uh, of college football without the eye rolls. Cause like there's a game concentrate on USC. Like, no man, I really, really want to talk about a scheduling pattern with their academies. Uh, we're going to spend a whole week on that. Um, we're talking about Bo Morgan. Let me, let me tell you about Bo Morgan. <laughs> let me tell you about son. Bo Morgan. Uh, he's probably got 12. Uh, look, every, every air force quarterback from, um, 1992 to 2006 was Bo Morgan. I'm just telling you that right now. Uh, um, so anyways, off season's coming up. Pretty excited. Look, there's a new commenting system coming on one foot down. Uh, that'll be up on the site on Thursday. Um, this is not my decision. This is passed on from my overlords at SB nation, but I'm not going to throw them under the table. I am actually, I'm not excited. It's fine. It, things need updates in life. You, you know, the back end of things, coding and all that shit. None of, if you're not an engineer that works for Vox, you don't understand that you've been keeping this thing together with duct tape and fucking and super glue for the last few years uh, with all the different coding stuff that goes on. It is what it is. Uh, it'll be fine. We'll get through it. Um, you can hate it all you want, but, you know, eventually it is what it is. Um, we are also just a little side news for you. Uh, I told you last week or two weeks ago, we were, we were scrapping the, the profiles we normally do throughout the summer. Um, I just sent out an official uh, emperor edict uh, <laughs> to the rest of the staff about the, about all that. So I think we got some interesting stuff that's going to be coming down the pipe on the site um, and definitely stuff that will carry over onto the podcast. Um, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm excited about this offseason. I'm ready for a, a nice calm may leading into the crazy ass recruiting season that june is that's gonna be nuts there's a huge official weekend coming up on what june 10th starting june 10th so it's it could be it's make or break time this is where where marcus freeman is going to make his name uh at least we hope this is where he makes his name um and then going into columbus make a name even more that's it uh, reminder, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review, and a review that you leave, we will read on the next OFT podcast. If you've left a bad review in the past, perhaps you want to change your mind. There's some from like six years ago when there was a whole different group of people running one foot down. Uh, someone had on there, worst podcast ever. I don't think we're the worst podcast ever. And that certainly wasn't a comment about us. Maybe you want to get back on there and change that. Um, <laughs> Just maybe. Uh, but anyways, I just want to thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll have a off the rails coming up uh, by this weekend, too, as well. An interesting one I got for you guys. And then we'll be back at it next week. 
I'm sure we're going to be recapping the draft. And um, I mean, I think it's time to start talking about tacos. So we'll get to that too. For Jude, for Brendan, everybody at One Foot Down, thanks for listening. And as always, go Irish.